Hello everyone and welcome back to Local Legends with Lark Farley. I'm your host, Lark. A little bit about the podcast if you're new. Basically, I share with you all stories that took place in my small hometown, Brown County in Indiana. These stories range from true crime to the paranormal and everywhere in between. If you'd like to share your own hometown story, you can email me at locallegendswithlark at gmail.com. As always, all of the articles used in today's episode will be posted in the description should you want to read them for yourself. All right, let's get into it. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all doing great. I hope you survived the, if you're in America, the Thanksgiving holiday. You know, it's always funky. It's always fresh. It's always fun sometimes. But anyway, this will be the only episode that I'll be releasing in December. Again, the holidays, it's rough. Everyone's busy. It's very chaotic. Lots of traveling. So, you know, we're doing our best here. So, this will be the only episode I'll release in December and will be the end of 2022. How we got here, I don't know. What time is it? What day is it? Who knows? But... I hope you have a great December and that it's not too insane or stressful. And I'll, you know, after this episode, talk to you in 2023, which is wild, which is crazy. And, you know, starting in January, I'll have more of a semi-schedule here of episodes being released on a semi-regular basis. But anyway, let's get into today's story, which is a local legend in and of itself. It's the Stonehead Memorial, Stonehead Statues, Stonehead signpost, like, you name it, that's what it is, I guess. So, we're gonna be breaking down the lore, breaking down the stories, who carved it, why'd they carve it, where is it, you know, and the most recent update, which was a sad ending to such a local legend. Anyway, let's get into it, shall we? So, like I said, in today's episode, we'll be covering the Stonehead landmarker, its lore, beheading, and ultimately its history. So, starting from the top, let's start at the beginning. What is Stonehead? Stonehead is a local landmark located in, you guessed it, Brown County, Indiana. The statue was erected to give travelers directions. It was carved onto a two-foot-tall base where directions to nearby towns were, like, carved underneath it. So, people kind of knew where they were and where they were going to. Now, on top of the base, there was a likeness of a human head, and I would highly encourage you right now, if you're able, please don't do it if you're driving, you know, pull over. When you're safe to do so, I would highly encourage you right now to go look up a picture, just type in like Stonehead Brown County so you can see the likeness to which it is carved, because it is actually quite terrifying. You know, sometimes stone carvings of people translate extremely well, and sometimes they do not. And sadly, in my opinion, this is, this was one where it was just, the end result was actually horrific. So, like I said, the, it's carved, Stonehead's carved to look like a person, if you want to call them that, a person that's been mutilated in some horrific way. Whatever trauma happened to that poor person, 
I feel bad, you know, shout out. So the head was carved in the likeness of someone by the name of George Suma, who was the township's trustee, which seems like an odd choice, you know, if we're gonna just pick straws here. Why the township's trustee? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you're not gonna do the mayor. You're not gonna do the governor. You're not gonna do, like, I don't know, William Shakespeare. Like, someone that who's driving or walking down your road would immediately recognize, you know what I'm saying? Instead, you pick George Suma. It just seems like an odd choice. If I'm gonna sit there and with my bare hands carve something, I want people to, like, acknowledge and know who it is. Just a thought. Anyway, moving on. The purpose of the statue was to serve, like I said, as a landmarker for locals and visitors to find their way. Basically, a signpost. It's a signpost. Now, Stonehead was carved in 1851 by a man whose name was Henry Cross. He sounds like a pilgrim. I'm sorry. Like, you, just the name Henry Cross, you're cursed. I just feel it. Nothing good's gonna happen to you if your name's Henry Cross. I'm sorry. It's, that's just, that's just the way it is. I don't make the rules. It's just the way it is. So, this guy, Henry Cross, carved three road markers in total, all of which look like George Suma. So, like, I'm sorry. I just can't get over the fact that this man, who has no association with George Suma at all, picks this township trustee guy and goes, I'm going to carve not one, not two, but three landmarkers in your likeness. Did this George Suma give consent? You know? Because, like I said, the end result is not something I would be proud of. I'd be like, that's how I look? You Wait, you think I look like that? It's rough. I'm j- it's just rough. So, all three road markers were carved as Henry Cross's payment for his country road tax. So instead of paying his taxes, he goes, I don't want to. Can I carve like a signpost instead? And the people go, yeah, sure. It's 1851. Like, why not? So all three of, like I said, the markers he carved were in the likeness of this poor man by the name of George Suma. Due to his skillful, and I, I don't know. I don't want to be mean, So I kept skillful in there because that's how all the articles described it. I'll let you be the judge. You look up a picture and you'll be the judge of his carving ship. Carved craftsmanship. You guys judge. So he became renowned anyway, this Henry Cross guy in the area, and became very popular for his gravestone carvings because there is nothing that 1800s people love more than to be terrified. How do you terrify yourself? Have Go to a skillful craftsmanship who uh, has a gravestone in the likeness of your loved one where that loved one looks like they've been butchered by a meat cleaver. You know, nothing like that to add a little trauma to the family. Surprisingly, I guess, little is really known about Henry Cross, like his temperament, what he did on the weekends. I just can't imagine that he was a very fun guy. I'm sorry. I know I'm coming across in this episode like a hater, and I'm not meaning to, but your name is Henry Cross. You know what I'm saying? 
He was born in 1821, and he married someone by the name of Mary Clark, who was a local of Brown County, which is why he ended up there. And then he married her in 1848. And then according to a census, even though he was a stone carver, he is actually listed as having been a farmer. By 1850, Cross owned around 120 acres, which, like, shout out, Henry Cross, that's a lot of area. So clearly he was making money. Now, this is where it gets kind of sad for poor little Henry Cross. Remember when I said he was cursed because of his name? Well, buckle up. Cross would sadly have two infants die in childbirth. And Cross himself, get this, was killed in 1864. And do you want to know how this man died? Do you want to take any guesses, any bets? Because this is this is going to blow your mind how this man died. He died when a burning tree fell on top of him, pinning him to the ground, and he burned to death and or was crushed to death. Now, I have a lot of questions that sadly there is no answer to. Firstly, why was the tree on fire? Secondly, why was Cross so close to and adjacent to a burning tree? And then, how did he not foresee the tree falling on? You know what? I just, I have so many questions. Was it a forest fire? Because then, I mean, a disorienting smoke inhalation, you're not thinking clearly, probably can't see anything either. Tree falls, you die. But, like, honestly, what I imagine happening is, like, he has his 120 acres. He's trying to clear out some um, trees to make room for his cows, all right? Follow me here. He has a tree, and he's like, you know what? I could chop this tree, but she a little thick. So instead of chopping it, with my axe, I have a good idea. I'm going to set the tree on fire and then the fire will cause the tree to fall over and bim, bop, bop, it's all done and I didn't have to expend any energy or physical labor. So good man Henry Cross gets some flame stuff, gasoline, I guess, throws it on the tree, sets it aflame, And then for some bizarre reason unknown to us, decides to stand under said tree and just watch it burn from an extremely close radius. Tree does fall on top of him and so ends, tragically, Henry Cross. That just seems like an insanely painful way to die. Crushed by a tree that is on fire. Not good. So anyway, yeah, after he died, uh, the lore behind the Stonehead landmarker started to churn and begin like it always does. There's always like a tragic event, usually behind lore and local legends. And then from that just spins, it becomes, uh, you know, a game of telephone. And then every time someone retells a story, something's different, something's exaggerated. You know how it works. So after he died, everybody started, started talking, started gossiping, started that goss, that hot goss. And then... Like there is, because it's the 1800s, what else are you going to do? The community started talking about, like, ghostly activity near the site of the Stonehead statue because of the tragic death of the carver. So he's kind of said to haunt that area where Stonehead is, which doesn't really make sense because there's three of them. So is he just, like, transporting himself between the three? Who knows? So then on November 6, 2016, this is when the next big event related to Stonehead started happening. 
Some 165 years later, disaster struck. Stonehead was stolen. Theft stole the head of the statue, ripping it from the cement base. Now, one of the other landmarkers... Let's talk... Okay, so in 2016, one of the landmarkers was stolen. But what happened to the other two? All right, let's get into it. So one of the landmarkers was completely and utterly destroyed. The cause of its destruction is unknown. It was lost to history. We have no idea what happened, but it is not even... We don't know where it was. We don't know. It's gone. Dust. So a local legend in and of itself as to, like, what happened to it. The other landmarker was lost until a local historian by the name of Kenneth Reeves found the remnants of it in a creek... And the pieces that were found were, like, redone and donated to the Brown County Historical Society. Now, the reason that Stonehead, the one that was remaining, the one that was, like, actually standing there that you could see and was outside and blah, 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 had been preserved for so long was due to the locals. The Stonehead had fallen off the base and into a nearby creek when a local road contractor by the name of West Polly found it and restored it completely, and from there, local interest in preserving the local landmark began. In 1920, a writer in the Franklin Democrat recounted the time that a local by the name of Tom Brown had, while intoxicated, shot with his pistol the Stonehead's eye, and the bullet was indented in the statue. So this poor statue has seen some stuff. You know what I'm saying? This local landmarker had really just experienced it all. The tip of the nose was also chipped away, seemingly as someone's souvenir, around this time as well. Now, Stonehead had also been stolen several times before its beheading in 2016. On September 29th, 1974, two Indianapolis teens stole the local landmarker by tying a log chain around the head and ripping it off its cement base. It would be recovered by police on January 23rd, 1975, and when asked, the two boys said they had stolen the marker as they thought it would, and I quote, look good in their living room where they were using it as a hat rack. Now, the ultimate beheading on the stone marker has gone unresolved. No arrests made, and the statue head, as of today, has not been recovered. What's interesting is that its disappearance took place in the same week that two other cases of vandalism occurred. One was on a covered bridge that had been graffitied, and on a local church that was also graffitied. Now, something to note about the local church that was graffitied, it was actually graffitied by someone at the church. Like, and I'm not talking about, like, a congregation member. I'm talking, like, one of the church leaders graffitied their own church. So kind of discount the church graffiti one and just focus on the bridge. They don't know if there was an association between the bridge graffiti and then the stealing of the local landmarker, but it's just something to think about. Now, in October of 2017, Brown County locals, with the help of a local carver by the name of Casey Winningham, erected a monument to commemorate the Stonehead landmarker. A little local lore on the statue, uh, kissing it was said to bring you good luck. There were many ghost stories surrounding the marker with the house that was built shortly after the landmarker was erected. Um, so the house that was built behind the landmarker is said to have been haunted. Um, it is currently a bed and breakfast. You can stay there and report back to me um, whether or not it's haunted. There have also been, interestingly enough, many Bigfoot sightings in that area as well. But regardless, you know, those details are what is known of this little local legend in this little local small town. So there you go. There you have it. There's the sad, tragic death of Henry Cross, rest in peace, and the Stonehead statue in and of itself. Hopefully you enjoyed this little short tale. 
And in the meantime, like I said, I will not be posting another episode for December. Uh, Be on the lookout for January's episode. The first one I'll post is about another case of animal cruelty. However, this one, guys, has a really good ending. And I have to give a shout out to the animal control officers that were located um, in this tale because I know that I gave a hard time in the last animal cruelty case, we covered the barn of horrors to the animal control officers because they didn't do <laughs> such a great job. But these animal control officers in this story, that's a very recent story that got released in the Brown County Democrat just a few days ago. It's just shows how full circle it can get and how important it is to, you know, talk about animal cruelty and get you know, provisions signed and laws in place to protect animals um, that are suffering from neglect and abuse by people because it really goes a long way to setting up a good structure and a good base for people like animal control officers and humane societies to step in and take care of those animals when those cases are reported. And I'm so happy to report that Brown County has really improved their process for protecting and caring for and saving abused and neglected animals. So I'm actually really excited to share that story with you because it is a complete 180 from the Barn of Horror story. And it's really nice to see people that are locals interested and invested in the protection of animals and just the safety for animals. And I just give a big shout out to all neighbors who report their neighbors who are being cruel to their animals because that helps them people like animal control officers and the humane society to step in and take care of them and make sure that they're protected. So that will be the next episode I'll release. It's a much better case of animal neglect in that those animals are being helped and are away from that dangerous environment. So like I say here on the podcast, stay safe, stay hydrated, have a great New Year's, and I'll talk to you in 2023. Bye!